0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Free agency coming up, James. It's right around the corner. We're going to get into it today. I'm your host of the Locked On Bengals podcast, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, free and available on all platforms. If you're new to the show, make sure you hit that follow button anywhere you get your podcast. If you're on YouTube, we're on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up if you like what we're doing and you'll see our content when we get it uploaded every day. And what could be better than daily Bengals content coming off a Super Bowl run, looking to improve the team in free agency, trying to find the salary cap space to do so. James, you were mad at me this morning. I tweeted some salary cap numbers and, and Matt is overstating it. But the Bengals, if they tri- if they manage their cap, the way they traditionally have, and I'm not saying they will, but if they were to manage their cap the way they traditionally have, they'll be looking at the start of unrestricted free agency with a budget of, I would say, between 15 and $30 million for external free agents. This includes cutting Trey Waynes, extending Jesse Bates, extending B.J. Hill and Larry Joby bringing back Quentin Spain, tendering uh, Stanley Morgan, the exclusive rights, or sorry, restrictive free agent with a a minimum right of first refusal, restrictive free agent tender, and a handful of exclusive rights free agents that all come in under a million dollars. Maybe it includes Eli Apple at at a vet minimum $1 million or Trey Flowers' vet minimum $1 million. So a lot of guys that they're going to probably keep. And if they do that, Structuring contracts in kind of a typical Bengal's fashion and do what they always do, which is roll over money and don't restructure contracts to free up space, then that's where that number comes from. That 15 to 30 million. I know it's a big range, but that 15 to 30 million dollar range, that's where I that that number's coming from.
1: No, I wasn't mad at you, by the way. So let's start there. Wasn't mad at you at all. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with where they're at. And I agree, Uh, you know, and we could go back and forth about like quitting Spain, right? I actually think if I'm quitting Spain, I test free agency before I sign anything with the Bengals, unless they just overwhelm you. But neither here nor there. If the Bengals want to be taken completely serious, they cannot do what they've always done and have that mindset. I don't care that you went to the Super Bowl completely Like, and and they, the argument, I can feel it. They do. And it's a process that got them there and blah, 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 blah. Do you want Joe Burrow to hate it and to look up and be like, man, I have a third knee injury and, or a fourth this, or man, I didn't have the fourth receiver I needed. Or because that's, he has, he doesn't think that way yet because you've gotten it right a lot, but the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. They have the best quarterback, probably, if, if they support him, he's going to be the best quarterback in franchise history. If they support Jamar Chase, he's going to be the best wide receiver in franchise history. It's crazy, but it's not crazy. Look at what they did as, as a first-year and second-year players. And we could talk about the entire roster, but they have an opportunity now to be extremely aggressive and cement themselves in a place that they've never been in the history of their franchise in 54 years which is we are the class of the AFC North. Not, oh, we're going to go to Heinz Field and hope that we win like Carson Palmer or Andy Dalton. And yeah, we have flashy Chad who might dance, but Troy Polamalu's on the back end. You never know. No, like they could seize this. And so 30 million, fine. You know, that's, that's a pretty big number. If it's $15 million and that's where we're at, that is not good enough. It is unacceptable. That's what I DM you. This you. It would be completely unacceptable. And I'm not trying to get mad at them now because I don't know that that's the case. But if they don't see – I mean I, I saw on social media on Wednesday and, and late Tuesday night all the season tickets as of now are sold out. If they don't see the impact that winning is going to have if you consistently do it. It it's going to change the entire perception of the franchise forever. All they have to do is get it right and keep Burrow upright, and then who knows if they win a Super Bowl. But they're going to be mentioned among the Super Bowl contenders for the next decade. They could be the class of the division. They've only won the division once, or, or back-to-back times once in the history of the franchise. So, like fifteen. Like if they do that, I'm gonna rip them. I'll just say it right. Now. I'm. That's not enough for external free agents because you need an edge rusher, and maybe you get it in, in you know, in uh, in the draft. But I think you need a a proven ish edge rusher. Doesn't have to be big money, but there's going to be someone out there. You're going to need to add um, a tight end. Maybe that's Uzama, but maybe it's another. There's a lot of free agent tight ends. You're going to have to add other stuff besides just offensive line. And I know I'm ranting. I'm sorry. We're already at six plus minutes into this podcast, but go do it. All those little cracks and crevices and little things that need to be done, do it. Because you're not going to regret it if you're building around that quarterback, that receiver, T. Higgins, Joe, uh, those skill players is what I should say. It's not just Jamar Chase. If you do that, you're not going to regret it. And and so that's where I stand. So I get it. That's how they do things. But the blueprint should be that's over because this is different. Mike Brown's never been in this situation in his life, not just, you know, Paul Brown was never in this situation with the Bengals ever. Katie has no idea. Like this is new. And if if they do it right, locked on Bengals is going to be talking about a division champ year in and year out. Maybe they lose one here or there, but we're going to be talking about a playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender for the next decade. Let's credit them. Then,
0: for what they've done the last two years, their first year cap spending in unrestricted free agency the last two years is $35 million. John Sheeran did the research. He tweeted me in 2020 with DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, Von Bell, Mackenzie Alexander making up most of it. They got to $35 million in unrestricted free agency first year cap spending. And I'm emphasizing first year cap spending because something we're going to spend some time talking about again this year is the difference between Average annual value, cap spend, cash spend, signing bonuses, salary, restructures, all these terms you hear thrown around when we talk about the cap in 2021, headlined by Trey Hendrickson's $12.5 million cap hit. The Bengals, again, just north of $35 million. So they have fewer guys of their own to retain, especially in 2021. In 2020, they tagged AJ Green. That was a big cap hit. And they still spent 35 million in unrestricted free agency. I just did the math, right? And so the other tool that it'll be interesting to see if they use is will they go ahead and restructure some guys? If you go look at overthecap.com slash restructure, I think is, is a URL, you'll see that the Bengals have somewhere in the top part of the NFL effective cap space. If they release Trey Wayne's, you hear the number, you know, 53, 54 million, whatever it is. If they do restructures, there's this thing called a simple restructure, which generally doesn't change anything except for the way money is accounted for on the cap, has nothing to do with cash spend and, and all this stuff typically. And if they were to use that for some of their players, you know, the Joe Mixon contracts, the Tyler Boyd contracts doesn't change a contract, just changes the way it's accounted for against the salary cap by by pushing some of those, those uh salary cap commitments into the future. They could get to 77, sorry, 72 million before cutting Trey Waynes in cap space. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go that far. It'll be interesting to me, James, to see if they do this at all. There are teams that do this all the time, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who currently have negative cap space, but can get to 68 million with just using restructures. The Bengals can't get quite that far, but it gives you the idea of the power of restructures and teams that live in that world. The Bengals don't live in that world. They manage the cap differently, but you're right. Just like last year, we said this a number of times going into free agency, this is a unique opportunity for this team to do things a little bit differently and really go after this window as hard as they can. That might start with Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates putting those eye emojis out there and franchise tagging him, not necessarily the best thing for the cap or the player. Let's talk Jesse Bates extension coming up next.
1: But first, I have to tell you about BetOnline.net, because BetOnline is a one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Look, I get it. Football season is over. But whether it's the NBA and my guy, Steph Curry, who lit up the all-star game or the college game with March Madness right around the corner, you can get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and more, and it's not just basketball. Oh, no, baby, no. They have UFC they have boxing if baseball comes back guess what they're gonna have your baseball coverage too so head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up at betonline.net they have a nice mobile um straight, nice mobile setup so you go to the website and it's real easy to use so you just got to check them out right now i've used them you should too betonline.net where the game starts let's uh before we get into bates jake one quick thing that you know, as you were talking, and yeah, I, I they d- do deserve credit for getting into this window, right? But I'll give you an example. Like last year, as as good as they were in free agency, and they crushed it. Like Riley Reef was a great addition, all of the defensive players. But Kevin Zeitler was, and this is just a specific one. I know Kevin Zeitler would have loved to come back to Cincinnati. The Ravens beat him to it, right? And, and it, the 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 offer was much different. It wasn't close. It wasn't like it was like I have, you know, $6 here and $5.99. Here. No, no, no. It was much different. And so that's part of it too. Like it's not just the, the overall thought process and how they're structured anything like that. I I hope they value the guard position a little bit more. I, I'm not crushing them for going out not going out and paying Brandon Scherf, for example, right? But if they can just bring in competent guys, that aren't uh you know Jack Jackson Carmen let's ask you to switch positions even though you do, you have a bad work ethic and we've heard that from everybody that did any research on you and and do all this like it was just unrealistic to expect Carmen to be as good as uh everyone hoped he would become as a rookie they can't bank on that anymore and so that's that's where that comes from and and hopefully they know that i think they do cuz this is such a unique chance for them to take advantage of it and if they do Like I said, I think they could be really, really damn good for a long time. And they do deserve credit for putting themselves in this position. But now you have to finish. And and you can't just say, oh, well, we're good. You know, we'll we'll just do this business as usual. We'll add another lineman or two. Like we had Mike on yesterday, right? What did he say? He's like, do both. And Teron Armstead and trading for Laramie Thompson, that might be a a bit optimistic. But the idea of do both, that's what I want. I want crazy aggressiveness right now and in going to a, a level that we've never seen because uh, of the infrastructure that, to their credit, they've put in place and put themselves in position to be.
0: And, and you're right. That starts with changing the way they value certain positions. Because the reason they didn't get it done with Kevin Zeitler is because the Ravens offered him $16 million guaranteed dollars. They offered him guaranteed salary in year two. The Bengals don't guarantee salary, just generally speaking. They gave him a big signing bonus the contract itself, I would call pretty affordable, to be honest. But the guaranteed money has been a bugaboo for the Bengals, and especially when it comes to the guard position. You're right. There's there certain things that we, you know, we would like to see them change in terms of the way they value positions, and the guard position is one of those things. And I was talking to our friend Joe Goodberry about the Bengals' offensive line situation today, and he's like, you know, you go get a couple guys in free agency that maybe could be backups. And, and you get some starters, and then you're feeling pretty good. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, they have a roster full of backups on the offensive line. You've, you've yeah. got all these young developmental guys Jackson Carmen, young developmental cheap guy, Hakima Denish, yep. young developmental cheap guy, Isaiah Prince, young developmental cheap guy. The list goes on. Trey Hill, young developmental cheap guy. They've got these guys. So you have like pretty good depth. That's it, a pretty it, yeah. Good I, I'm spin. fine with those guys as backups. You're right. I'm fine with them as backups. Or if if one of those spots comes down to a competition, fine. Right. But but you're right. They have an opportunity here to solidify. You got left tackle Jonah Williams. If it's Trey Hopkins, fine. If it's Ryan Jensen, great. Pick pick one. Right. But but if you if you do that, you still got to fix. You, you can't go in with more than one position. I guess is what I'm driving at. That's going to be a training camp battle. And I, I get that they've invested capital lately and they're going to want one of these guys to win a job. Give them that chance, but don't bank on it. And that's, and that's what we've kind of been saying and, with the offensive line. But it's not just the offensive line either, right? Like, like you said, they, they need a tight end. They need a corner. Uh, whether those are guys coming back or external guys or draft picks or whatever it is. When you're picking 31st, which this team has never done, they never picked this late. And more than anything, you, you cannot rely on the draft guys that are going to come in and start and, and you shouldn't be doing that in the first place and so you said you think they know and i'm going to be i'm going to be interested to see how much they know because last year remember we talked about it being a unique opportunity from a cap perspective for them to do things a little bit differently and they kind of took half steps well they take the full step this year that's what remains to be seen
1: yeah well i think Look, I I do think the Brown I think they're smart. Like, I think Katie Blackburn is intelligent, right? Troy and Mike Brown, right? If they can't see the excitement, right, it's there. Like, I I know they know that. So if you know that, and then you look at this quarterback that is just different, like, he just is. Most quarterbacks can't take the beating that he took and, you know, keep his head above water, and he's found a way. Like, Andy Dalton would have thrown 52 interceptions in the playoffs, but Burrow didn't. And so, and I'm not trying to be mean to Andy, but most quarterbacks would have gotten really just flustered and just broken. And, and he powered through that. And so when you have that, holy crap, like you really could, like this could be the, everyone talks about Herbert and Lamar and all that. It could be the Burrow Mahomes show for the next decade. It really could, but it, it only gets there if you do the right things now. And they've done a lot of things to get the defense right. After drafting poorly in defense, they were able to get Bates, who we're going to get to in a second, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and then a bunch of veterans that bolstered everything. They need to find a way to do that on the offensive line where maybe Jackson Carmen is a hit, but he's not a hit till year three. So you get uh, a guard that, Kevin Zeitler, right? What well, could have filled in for a year or two and made it easier on Carmen as he transitions? Where, yeah, Zeitler might have gotten nicked up, and in Carmen has to start a game or two. But you're not saying in training camp, man. I don't know if Jackson's ready. Well, hell, no, he's not ready. You know, most forty sixth overall picks aren't going to be great, right, right away. Now, twenty one ex-
0: too, young guy.
1: Yeah, and there are exceptions, but. Go get proven guys because they have win now skill players, a win now quarterback, a pretty much a win now defense. Uh, you know, if they add a piece or two, need that win now offensive line. And
0: talking about the AFC, look at the way the Chiefs build their team, the way they rebuilt their offensive line, the, the way the Bills have attacked their offensive line, their team building. Like all these teams play in free agency one way or another. And, and they use all of the avenues available to them to improve their team, whether it's trades, free agency, getting the guys they want in the draft. I mean, a lot of it is not just approach. It's also you have to, I don't know, get lucky isn't quite the term, but you have to hit. You have to be right. But you also have to try to put yourself in a position to be right. You know, and, and the Bengals, and this is probably going to sound like Carson Palmer to some people listening, haven't always done that. And, and now have an opportunity, you're right, with this quarterback too, to do it. We were going to talk about Jesse Bates' extension. Maybe we'll go there here in just a second, because that's probably where this starts. And and you think about the message it sends to the locker room, this Jesse Bates deal, that the public support he has, DJ Reader tweeting, Mike Hilton tweeting, Logan Wilson tweeting, the guys on the defense really like him. It starts with Jesse Bates. And then it gets to those unrestricted free agents and Mike Hilton is recruiting. And we'll talk about those two aspects of this offseason coming up next. Jesse Bates, eyeball emoji. About a chicken wing restaurant? Or a f- ahead of an appearance on NFL Network on Wednesday, a hint that extension talks are going better? James, what say you?
1: No. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think he was having a little fun. I, um, based on what I heard on NFL Network, and the reason he was probably on NFL Network, if I had to guess, is to basically say, hey, yeah, I want to stay in Cincinnati, and I don't want to be franchise-tagged. <laughs> so can we please get a deal done? And, and, but when the public – make it clear, I don't need to be the highest-paid safety in the NFL, and – he might not be asking for that, but uh, you know if he was asking for 13 million, I think the deal's done, right I think the guaranteed part of this could have a huge factor play a huge role in, in why it's not done but I think the overall dollars obviously have a, a big factor and the Bengals have the franchise tag in their pocket 12.91 million for the 2022 season. I keep leaning that way and I, I don't feel any different about the eyeball emoji I, I was like, really? I was like is that how this is going to break? Jesse Bates throws out an eyeball emoji at you know, 10 o'clock Eastern time or whatever time it was uh, on a uh, on a Tuesday night. The answer is no, that, that's not it. So. I still don't expect it yet, maybe before the regular season, but uh, I expect that the franchise tag to come down. Have you have you changed your mind at all after that interview and after the eyeball emoji gate, the first one of the offseason?
0: I didn't see the interview, so I don't know what exactly was said. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if negotiations are at least now closer. If they've even started that conversation, which you hope they have at this point, the, the deadline for the franchise tag is March 8th. So we're mm-hmm. sitting here recording on uh, February 23rd. That's two weeks, roughly two weeks, mm-hmm. that that the Bengals have to figure out if they can use it. They can always use it and still work on an extension in, into July. but. If they use it and they don't get an extension done, then they're stuck with that that twelve million dollars on the cap for this year. And so, going back to our earlier conversation about managing the cap number, if they franchise tag Bates, that that cap number is not manipulatable. You, you can't. That's not sure. a word. You, you can't manipulate it. it it's yep. that's a number that's that's his pay. That's his cap hit this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If if they get an extension done say they give them a 15, $20 million signing bonus. Say they get crazy and use void years. Say they get crazy and use guaranteed salary at some point in the future, which that, that might be a step too far for this front office. Yeah. I don't they think they can use
1: min- void years, but keep going. Well, well,
0: both, they, they have used a void year <laughs> at least in Riley reef deal, but it's, it's not standard operating procedure and neither is guaranteed salary. They've, they've like hardly ever done guaranteed salary. They prefer to do other things to, to get their players' money, but the the thing that a signing bonus gives you is a, is a flexibility to to spread that cap hit out and push it into the future. And there are a couple of different ways you could think about this. You could think about maybe we should front load contracts instead to try to free up cap space in future years to try to keep this going. And that's kind of what the Bengals approach generally is: mm-hmm. is is to try to allow themselves flexibility in future years and not hamstring themselves. But in doing so, they, they end up for the last 10 years and maybe this is just 20 years 30 years because maybe this is just because they haven't had a contender at this level they don't end up using all that money and it, it does feel like inherently wrong not to maximize that spend right now and and that starts with Bates and this in this extension idea and so for a few reasons i think it makes sense to get this done one from a from a financial accounting perspective it makes sense to get this done, if you want Jesse Bates to be on your team. Mm-hmm. Two, it makes sense from a you know psychological, social, uh, whatever message you want to send your locker room perspective that Jesse Bates is a guy who Zach Taylor has praised all year about doing things the right way. His teammates love him. He is the thing that makes this defense go in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You reward that with an extension, not with quibbling over small amounts and and franchise tagging a guy, you you reward that with an extension. And and finally, I think it makes sense from the, the player perspective. Jesse Bates is really good at football and should be part of your defense if you want to continue to win games. So those three reasons, I think pretty cut and dry. The Jesse Bates extension makes sense to me, whether they get it done or not you know, that, that that's kind of in the air because that franchise tag is a very appealing option for a few reasons for the club because they don't have to commit and they can save cash. If those are yeah. good enough reasons,
1: it's up to them. Well, th- that's the thing too is we don't know what Bates wants. I get it. He It's easy to say, I don't want to be the highest paid safety in the league, but he may want 50 million guaranteed. I'm just throwing out a number. You know, it, it may be like, they may be really far apart and it felt that way last during camp. It really did. It felt like it wasn't close and maybe you're right. Maybe your gut feeling that it's closer now, but if it's that far away and it was that far away, I just don't know what's changed. So he was the 2020 version of Jesse Bates for the playoffs, but he wasn't in the regular season and I get it. You value playoffs, but you have the franchise tag in your back pocket. And if you don't want to give that much guaranteed or you don't want to give them that much per season and you have. Uh, th- this other option to make him earn it again and make him go be an all pro or show that he can be a pro bowler I-, I think they might take it and I'm just trying to trying to put it th- th- put myself in into what they're thinking in their minds that being said you're right if you could get him at I don't know 15 million per right on average and y- you can get him locked up for the next four seasons and the guarantees are what he wants and you could find middle ground, that's the best case scenario versus having him play on a one-year deal. And that's where I think the pressure is on Bates to a degree. He knows what it's like to play on a one-year deal. And I get it, 12.91 million is more than what he played for in 2021, but that's not ideal. You want some security. And when you don't have it, playing a game as physical as it is and the shelf life, is what it is. And you're entering your prime. You're going to be in your age 25 season. You want some security. So that's the part, too. And he kind of um, said that you have to play your cards right. He's I think that was the exact quote in the NFL Network interview. I think he might realize ah, maybe we and, and maybe that's where it comes back as he dial it dials it back a little bit and they can get a deal done. But hopefully they do get a deal done because homegrown. Couldn't be a better dude in the community. Such a leader in the locker room. We know what he brings on the field when he's playing at a high level. And I think he's going to, right? That that was really the only huge blip of his career. I know he had some tackling issues and stuff on bad teams. But, man, he's a baller. And, uh, you know, it's – you want to keep guys around like that that you take in the second round and develop. And he's become such a, a big part of your defense. So hopefully they can get something done.
0: It seems like maybe he's just lost a little bit of leverage, right? Because he didn't have the regular season he wanted. He he yep. admitted that. I, I think that everybody is aware of that. We'll, we'll see what it comes down to. It's really hard to have a feel for this sort of thing. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't change my mind a ton. But the fact that, you know, he, he's retweeting – uh, you know, Mike Hilton extend Jesse Bates and all this stuff. It seems mm-hmm. like he wants to get it done and, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's just for the, the peace of mind, but the willingness is there. And so the Bengals have to find a place where they can meet with, with uh, Jesse Bates and, and get something done or they, they do have the franchise tag, like you mm-hmm. said. And, and it's not the worst thing in the world. It's certainly not the best thing in the world. And and so, you know, there's a a lot in between those two things. And let's let's go on to Mike Hilton, his recruiting pitch to to Laramie Tunzel and JC Jackson. And I don't know if either of those things are terribly likely, but how about Mike Hilton, man? This guy is just out here recruiting, which is, I don't know. I think it's really, I think it's cool. I think it's fun and it probably is meaningless but at least it's cool and fun
1: yeah both of those things I think the Laramie Tunsil thing matters a little bit and I know they'd have to trade for him but they were college teammates so I think that's really cool that he's like hey man hit me up and they clearly have each other's number and you know like you know you go to Ole Miss and all that stuff so yeah that that part of it is uh is something the other thing that I and this is why the, the perception part of it, right? If they hit it out of the park this off season again, and, and the only way they do that is if they can find offensive line help, of course, but adding JC Jackson would certainly help because he's a beast, 26 years old, entering his prime or in his prime, but it changes the perception of the entire organization. Like they're in the process of doing that nationally. And if they crush it here, and you have a veteran like Mike Hilton who comes from the Steelers. And he's now he's like, hey, I want you. I want you. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. We're going to load up. If they do that, then holy crap, like it just changes everything. So I think it's great that he's doing it. I think it it does matter because players talk and agents talk. And uh, how, how selfless is it that a cornerback – and he's got three more years on his deal. But still, he's like, hey, let's go get this cornerback who's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. Let's get him on our team this offseason. And, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for the Eli Apple tweet. Like, man, why do you need J.C. Jackson? You got me. But that hasn't happened yet.
0: You can't have too many corners. You can't have too many pass rushers for the Bengals. You can't have too many offense. You can't have too many anything.
1: You were supposed to laugh. That was funny. I I, I laughed in my own way. I I put the clamps on Tyree Kill. What are you talking about? That's my Eli Apple voice. Okay.
0: I mean, that just sounds like you. I feel like you and Eli Affler kindred spirit
1: sometimes, James. Probably. I just don't. I, I just save my tweets in the drafts. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't actually press send.
0: You, you save it for the basketball court and and, and when we're recording Locked On Bengals, but, but not for Twitter.
1: That's right. Yeah, absolutely right.
0: Let's wrap up there for today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. A little bit of a salary cap primer. And James, the the big takeaway for me from this episode is you look back on how our podcast has performed in in this little Super Bowl playoff run the Bengals had Mm -hmm. and and the impact that we've seen for our podcast, which is about the team. Imagine the impact they're seeing in interest, in in financial reward, in jersey sales and all this stuff. At the bottom of that that,
1: line. That's that money, Mac money. That's they know Mac,
0: bro. They know that winning is what brings people to Paul Brown Stadium. Yep. And they've seen, especially after the Super Bowl run, just how much this city will get behind them. So reward the city. That's where I'm at. Reward the city for rewarding you and let's make it a cycle. Because then everybody has fun and everybody wins. And we like winners on the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that's it. Until next time, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.